Are you guys ready up there? All right. All right, quiet on the set. So, Jesse McClendon, thanks so much for coming into the actor's room. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> You're so welcome. Um, so, firstly, for anybody that doesn't know you, uh, maybe just tell them a little bit about yourself and where you grew up. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I uh, grew up in Carnarvon in a wee village called Mahri. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at the bottom left-hand corner of Loch Okay. Okay. Uh, and then I went to school in uh, Tyrone, and then went to college in England and Manchester. And then moved to Dublin. I did a bit of travelling around the world. And then I moved to Dublin in 1999. Did you always want to be an actor? Is that... Yes. Even did? though I didn't really have a whole lot of experience in acting. I, right. At school, I remember going into my careers teacher and saying, uh, I want to be an actor. And I'd done maybe two scenes in Scorn and Oog. And the, the um, narrator for the nativity in school. <laughs> that, oh, was, that was that my, was that was my extent of the yeah. acting. But I wanted to be an actor, and uh, she pretty much she didn't say a wise up, but in her in her mannerism, it was basically you're at a convent school in Northern Ireland. Yeah. You can do you can be a teacher or you can be a nurse. Those are your options. So I sort of went. Well, I could be a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> As you do when and you're, you're like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. And because um, at the time I didn't realize that you could actually do a degree in, in drama. Mm-hmm. So I went off and did law. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And two of my best friends in college were doing a drama degree yeah. in Liverpool. Uh, and I was just amazed that such a thing existed. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, I went off, I did law. And then how I, long were you there? Uh, I studied for six years and I practiced for about 16 years. Wow, darling, yeah. that's so interesting. I never knew that you yeah. did that. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, and so did you put people away? <laughs> no, I, no. <laughs> well, oh, I did work as a regulator at one stage, but that wasn't putting people away. Okay. I did, um, I started off doing criminal law. Right. Uh, in a satellite town in North Manchester, Oldham. Right. And uh, so we did defence law. Uh, we defended. Mm-hmm alleged criminals that's amazing so at what point did you think I'm going to go back and start training or did you train you did I did train yeah um it's funny because I my first year of law I was very unsettled and wasn't really enjoying studying it um and partied a lot because Liverpool is a great city to live in yeah and I um, managed to fail all of my exams okay and I I also got a letter saying uh we think you should take a year to mature before you take the resets. Really? How old were you then? Do you I would have been, what, 19? Okay, yeah. Like so 20. pretty young. Yeah. That's young. Yeah, and first year away from home and moving from a small village to Liverpool, fairly lively city. Uh, and uh, there was, yeah, I had a friend who actually had just found out she was pregnant, just coming up to my exams. So that was where my head was, was trying to yeah. sort of help her with that at yeah. the time. But, um, but in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, I'm not going to hang around for another year if I take these resets and if I feel... Then I can go off and do drama. Mm-hmm. Um, but I passed the resets. <laughs> so it was like, like oh, yeah. oh, hurrah. That's, that's just typical, isn't yeah. it? It's like, please fail, please fail. Yeah. yeah, it was always in the back of mind, well, you know, if. But um, <laughs> anyway, so my legal career continued. Um, and I, I kept sort of by default going to the next stage and the next level. But when I actually started working in law, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd, for, I'd completely forgot about mm-hmm. acting. And it was only when I moved to Dublin in tail end of 98 start of 99 mm. where um an ex-boyfriend actually I must have mentioned to him that I wanted to be an actor yeah. because he gave me the number for the Gaiety school and said they're doing night classes so I thought well that, that'd be fun yeah know? 
and uh, and I had a great time. I did a year uh, of back to back introduction to acting. Mm-hmm. And some brilliant teachers. Antoinette Duffy was amazing. Christian Markin was fantastic. And then the following year, they introduced a new course because all of the people in our course were such keeny beanies that they introduced another part time one year course that was two nights a week. And Robbie Taylor taught me on that. Yeah. So it, at that stage, it had become a hobby. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's a nice thing to be doing. Yeah. It isn't law. But then it's sort of the more time I spent doing it, the, you know, it just sort of got a tighter grip on me. It has a <laughs> so, way of doing that to people. It does. It? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why do you feel that happens to you? Is it just. Hey, well, I think it was such a contrast, um, contrast to the day job mm-hmm. as it was because uh, you just got to play. And also, like you've heard, I'm sure, the idea of acting being the shy man's revenge. And uh, I would be quite shy normally. So the idea of doing things that you'd never do in real life, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Or being that open. Yeah. uh, Where, you know, normally in life you're, you know, you're quite self-contained. But you're going into the conflict, so you're doing all of this, you know, you've got a license. Yeah. Completely. And it is that because I remember as a child being like that too and not being able to even talk or ask for anything, even for my mum. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing a class, it just feels like as though, well, nobody can judge me because it's not me. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So you're stepping into somebody else's shoes. Yeah. You totally get away yeah. with it. And when, you, when you're doing classes like that, like some of my best friends are, are people I met on that very first introduction to drama course yeah. in, in the Gaiety School back in the day so. so that was your first mm-hmm. and then you obviously started to think about acting a little bit more and then mm-hmm. learning about methods and stuff like that would you see yourself as a method actor um would I see myself um I've, I've picked up lots of different tools from different schools of thought over mm-hmm. the years I spent two years doing the Stanislavski workshops in mm-hmm. the Focus Theatre with Joe Devlin yeah they were amazing because they really Talk Huge. about yeah. Talk about standing in your in your character shoes. One of the things that that kind of training really brought home was the inner life of your character and how your character exists mm-hmm. when the story is not concentrating on them. So we do like improvisations that might last last forty minutes of mm-hmm. a character on their own making their tea, um, you know, something yeah. that's that. It's it's really everyday stuff. But you really, how does my character move? How do they carry themselves in the world? What do they do when nobody can see them? You know, do they cry? Do they laugh manically? Do they, yeah. you know, what what is it about themselves that they don't show the world? Yeah. Uh, so that kind of stuff is always fascinating to me. Yeah. So there's a lot of work, mm. like, for every character then that you take on. Are yeah. you doing that leading up to? Yeah, well, I suppose you're starting off reading the script, first of all, and yeah. you're trying to get a sense of, you know, who this person is. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a course with Margie Haber. Oh, yeah. Years ago. And she... Was had... that here or did you go to Los Angeles? Oh, here. Or... Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and she did a really interesting exercise with us where she took us through about 10 different uh, aspects of, yeah. of anybody. And she made us think when you approach a character um, what are the things you have in common with them Mm -hmm. and what are the things that are different so what are the things that you might walk like them or you might talk like them or you might have had the same education as them Uh, what's different you know they've been in prison you haven't or uh, so it's it's really good to identify what of yourself you can bring to a character what you have in common but also where you know you need to stretch and just go outside your comfort zone. And develop and a stuff. tiny bit more. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's really 
That's interesting because I think a lot of people think, oh, it's just a script. You know, uh, I'll just learn the script. <laughs> <laughs> Say the lines. Yeah, you know? No, there's a lot of work leading up to that yeah. then as well. And how do parts normally come to you? Is it through agents? Is it friends? or? Because um, you've worked consistently pretty much from 2006. Yeah. Before I can see it's like it's constant, which is, you know. Yeah, I've been looking enough now. Yeah. Uh, I'd say most, mostly, I'd say it's probably about 60%. Um, word of mouth or you know yeah. friends referring onwards mm-hmm. or a lot of stuff I've done with IADT the student filmmakers out there oh, and nice. also with Filmbase yeah. I've done three features with Filmbase nice little plug yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so that's a I, I don't know I find that if you can work together in a group of people uh, not be a diva yeah uh, where you can get the work done you do it to the best of your ability yeah. And you can have fun with people without being a distraction on set. People generally remember you for the right reasons and, you know, they'll they call do. you again. Yeah, yeah. and know. it's it's networking, which I actually hate that, uh, that, uh, that word. I just hate it. Uh, I say it every time. I, but I do think it's about, like, making friends and just enjoying being around people. That's the thing. It's the hardest thing in the world, getting getting a job. Yeah. But when you're on set, it's the best job in the world that you can have. And it's funny when you say networking. A friend of a friend of mine, her mom calls it cobwebbing, and I think it's such a great. It's like cobwebbing. the idea of spiders sort of <laughs> yeah, in like, a web, you know. No, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I think if you can meet somebody, have a chat, mm-hmm. you know, just I mean, we're all in this industry because we love stories. We're you know some aspect of it. It mm-hmm. might be the lights, it might be the sound effects, it might be the story, it might be um, the emotional. Uh, impact that a story can have mm-hmm. uh, it might be because people like screen time they, they 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 get that 15 minutes of attention that maybe as a middle child they didn't get you yeah, know and then- um, everybody has loads of different reasons why but the one thing that we all have in common is the passion mm-hmm. for wherever that comes from we have a passion and we're really lucky to work in that area because i know we'll talk about it later but just the different types of jobs that you can have out in the world acting is just such an amazing job it's it, it is a privilege to be able to do it that. is yeah, yeah it really is there's a lot of people that want to do it um yeah. but speaking of other jobs you've mm-hmm. also produced mm-hmm. and you've directed so, the, yeah. so as far as i can see you were in one thing sting i think that you produced as well yes so you're acted in that as well but generally as a whole do you try and stay away from acting when you're doing something else yeah, I think that it's a lot to take on to act. Well, you can sort of do it. You can direct and produce. Yeah. Because those two go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can act and produce. Or write. Uh, or write. Yeah. Yeah, and, and produce. I've done that as well. Um, but I think if you're writing, acting, directing, that's an awful lot. And you're at a disadvantage. And I've only ever acted and directed in something, directed and acted in something once, mm-hmm. uh, which was great fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I and that was a play so yeah you're you're at a disadvantage because you're the only one in the cast that doesn't have a director yeah know? and then right. how important do you think it is for actors to create work for themselves particularly at the start hugely hugely okay. important um coming out of the gaiety school for mm-hmm. example there were four of my friends uh well four of us all together that decided we were going to produce a play right uh, and Antoinette Duffy very kindly agreed to direct it and we did fundraisers and to me it was a baptism of fire um, because one of my friends ended up starting an MBA at the time so she got really busy yeah, two of my friends were hard. acting in it so they were really busy uh, so I had taken on deliberately taken on a very small role uh, well and been cast in a very small role <laughs> 
Um, but so I was doing the bulk of the production work yeah. and it was just, uh, it was like That's a it. baptism of fire. But I'll never forget on the curtain call, just sort of of the first performance, looking out into the audience and seeing how much the audience had enjoyed the show. Yeah. And looking back at the actors and seeing how much they were enjoying their curtain call and thinking, gosh, this wouldn't have happened. Except if you didn't make I didn't do this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is that, and that's like producing brings its own its own gifts yeah. but it's it's one of the hardest jobs you'll do because creatively you're being creative in a in a different way you are trying to make such tiny resources go such a long way and you're trying to call in on favors and uh, so I think I've gone off, off no that's it. like it is important. but it is important yeah. definitely yeah and also for just even having the sense that you're involved in something is really important to mm. to your mind yeah uh, and then hopefully you're hoping that people will get to see it and you know out of work comes work so totally and I think it makes you less desperate also when you go into those situations of like being cast for something else yeah. because you're working anyway and yeah. you're there for the right reasons you're there because you enjoy the experience yeah. so it's not so like please I really need to get cast yeah. make it happen you know you're kind of like well I'm doing my own things I'm creating yeah. work and I'm doing what I love so if yeah. I get this great if not not a big deal yeah. you know and so. it's funny because at the beginning of uh, my acting career I I, I think Initially, it is you know going back to that idea of being shy, and all of a sudden the, the you know the limelight is on you, and yeah. sort of actually sort of maybe enjoying that bit of attention. But I think the more time I spent, certainly, um, just the idea of being able to tell stories and being able to give people either a distraction, some escapism, total mm-hmm. catharsis, because they'll see somebody in that story that is going through yeah. something that they're going through, mm-hmm. so they feel less isolated in the world, or yeah. it helps them to make sense of their own lives. So I think you definitely, for me anyway, you become a lot more, um, a lot more generous-hearted or something. Yeah. So to answer your question in a really roundabout way, <laughs> no, it means it's that when, by making stuff, so say, for example, I've taken part in film challenges. Yeah. So I've done sound, I've done camera, I've done continuity, I've done script supervision, you know, I've produced it. Yeah. I haven't done editing yet because I'm just it's, too technologically ugh. challenged. Yeah. But I think with that comes an appreciation both on set, mm. probably more on set because you're surrounded by people who are all doing their part of the job. But you know, so when you're going in for an audition, of course you want the part or you're not you're not turning up yeah, for yeah. it. But you go in with a more healthy sense that you are bringing one potential piece of the jigsaw. Yeah. And if your jigsaw, if your piece of the jigsaw fits into the whole thing, mm-hmm. then that's brilliant. And if it doesn't, then I'm getting better at sort of accepting, well, that jigsaw wasn't for me. And hopefully there'll be another jigsaw coming along soon that I am. Exactly. And it's for. that, I think that's the only way that you don't go nuts when you're auditioning because there's a lot of rejection yeah so you just have to say if it's for me it won't go by me yeah and I think you have to you do have to not make the mistake of measuring your self-esteem on how often you get cast or the kind of rules you get cast in Mm -hmm. because that way lies disaster because that is the one part of life unless you are creating parts for yourself that is the one the one thing you have no say over yeah. you know as I say you are a tiny piece of a jigsaw that is fitting into a bigger one and so I think it's good to have a healthy sense of do you know this project mm-hmm. uh, I went to a Q&A once by the lady whose name escapes me but she was the casting director for The Bridge yeah and a lot of the, and the original uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo oh, wow uh, yeah she was amazing um, but she had a lovely way of saying she was saying she sees so many actors, she puts them forward for parts, and then she has to be the person to to break the news. I'm sorry, it, you it, it didn't wasn't get you. It. Yeah. But the way she sees it is, this was not your time. 
-hmm. your time will come your project will come but today this project was not for you and I think that if you can sort of find a kind of zenism that sort of goes yeah if it's for me it won't go by me yeah Uh, and then park it and 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 just let it go Um, and also it depends on how people see you which kind of leads me into my next question do you find you get typecast ooh just a bit (laughs) (laughs) there's different types okay so Um, what do you find happens all the time okay I get a I either get a cuddly cardigan mammy okay or giving out cardigan mammy right there's a lot of cardigans in my career so far I think I'm responsible for one now <laughs> but I've got a nice selection of cardigans over the years. Uh, nuns. I've played nuns three times. Yeah. Nurses. Mm-hmm. I've played a couple of times. And then I got promoted to playing a doctor. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, wagon Bosses. Uh, that was in How to Be Happy. Another film based. Yeah, a film based one. Um, and then the recent one, which was Writing, writing Home, home yeah. which you got cast as the mummy. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Well, I, I really thought you were right for that. <laughs> no, and I. Sorry. No, I loved it. No, come here. I will never complain about being yeah. typecast because typecast yeah. is cast. So that's the start, yeah. you know. It's going back to, and again, it's something that. Um, you know, going right back to what Margie Haber said, what do you have in common with your character? Exactly. What's different? Yeah. And the whole idea of first impressions, you know, there, there's some scientific figures out there that say the first time you meet someone, mm-hmm. you will judge them 73% or something purely on physically what you see. Yeah. And so I have ruddy cheeks. I have a country look about me. Uh, I can either look very warm or I can look very severe depending on um, what, what, what what's going on yeah. if I'm thinking, you know. Um, <laughs> much and all, is, it's great fun to get to play, you know, totally out of your out of your, your comfort range. Um, mm. At the end of the day, if you can convincingly bring some life to a, uh, a character, then that's good. You, you know, that's the bit you don't have to act. Yeah. Know? So I love the cardigans. You love the <laughs> no, cardigans. Yeah. It's fine. So you were part of the film-based close-up scheme, which was an initiative for actors that got to come in and kind of chat to new directors every week. What was that like? That was amazing. Um, I have to say film-based has been a brilliant resource, not just for the the training that mm-hmm. you can get. I've done all kinds of courses here, but uh, the Attic Studio was operating out of film base for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that idea of a community, a sense of community. And the what was brilliant about Close Up, mm-hmm. uh, and I'd love to know how you came up with the idea, was the opportunity to get to practice your art every every week. Yeah. Uh, even though you might not be in stuff mm-hmm. um, and just meet with other other actors and meet with directors in an environment where you you're not under the pressure of being auditioned you just mm-hmm. get to have a sense of uh, their style of direction that's it isn't it it's, mm. that was that was the one thing that we always found i think and and why we came up with the idea because unless you get cast you don't know you know what a director does really and what mm-hmm. their process is leading up to shooting and everybody mm-hmm. has it slightly different mm-hmm. So for us, we just felt that's a great way of, you know, actors upskilling and training, but also for our directors, our feedback from our directors has has been phenomenal too, because Mm -hmm. like they come in with like uh, scripts that are in development and uh, they're getting to hear them for the first time and they're they're rewriting on the fly because they they get to hear the words out loud and they Mm -hmm. get to see like, you know, improvisations and stuff. So it's it's worked really well for both sides. So yeah, yeah we were delighted. And you were the, one of the first alumni. Yeah. That. So <laughs> thanks a million for taking part no, in that too. It was brilliant. And actually in um, Galway, yeah. uh, 
I got to see Nick Kelly's film and Frank Berry's films uh, and they were amazing and both of those directors had come into us in in close up so we had workshopped some of their scenes uh, and it was amazing then just to see how that uh, translates on screen so thanks for close up those those kind of initiatives are actually invaluable to actors because we're all freelance we're all Mm -hmm. self-employed to have a sense of community to have a base if obvious, dare I say, um, <laughs> is it, you know, it's hugely important. It's important um, yeah. psychologically as well as practically in that, who do I know who has a camera? Who do I know that has a radio mic? Who, where can I rent something really cheaply? So both on, a, yeah, just on a, a, across the board, both personally and professionally, uh, film base is, is really, really good. Oh, thank you for thank that. You. We really appreciate that. <laughs> what was the other question that I wanted to ask you was oh yeah how does an actor right when they're waiting on their big break how do you survive in life how do you pay rent how do you have money for all these classes how do you have money to do horse riding lessons or whatever it is like like do you have a bread and butter job as well I do um I well five years ago I quit law because for 11 years I'd been juggling uh, acting and directing with law Mm-hmm. And then I got to the stage where I realized that to actually take on a, a big project, uh, you have to be available at really short notice. Yeah. And um, when you are a lawyer, you have to be, you have to make your clients your number one priority. So what's that saying about you can't have two masters? So I was lucky enough the first year that they ran the program in screen acting in the factory, which mm-hmm. is now Bow Street. I got a place on that and... I decided to bite the bullet and go full time into acting. So okay. at that stage, I could have asked for a year off work, um, but I was like, no, this is it. I've got to not have a safety net. I'm going to go for this. And at the time, I'd been saving for years and I just about had enough for a deposit for a house. And it was the, the, the thing was, I either buy a house and then right. I am a lawyer forever to pay off that house. Yeah. Or I take a chance. And I live off those earnings, those savings and just... Give it a go. And they always say you regret the things you don't do in life more than... That's very brave though, Jardine. It was braver than I'm not sure. (laughs) Honestly, that's really brave. It's very hard to take a massive leap like that. And I suppose I was lucky because I'd actually been downscaling uh, just through different personal circumstances. I'd been downscaling so my my salary was being reduced and reduced and reduced. So I'd gotten used to living on less money anyway. Yeah. But um, so paying for the course in the factory is a fairly expensive course and then obviously you're you're not working at anything yeah. other than oh, yeah. and then, yeah. in furnace film. So they were very keen that if you got cast in something you should go off and, mm. and do that. I know some drama schools have a no acting no. until you're finished your training mm-hmm. policy. But um, as far as the factory were concerned, they were like, no. this is what you're training to do. So if you Take get asked it. to do it in the meantime, do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were right to do that. Yeah. So I managed to live off the savings for a couple of years after that, um, about three years. And then then it came to the stage that, yeah, I... Uh, I was down to, I just paid my last month's rent. There was no way of knowing if I was going to have anything coming in the following month. Oh, so scary. Yeah. And then luckily I got uh, the secret scripture and that that paid my rent for the next three months. Oh, so it was just that. Thank you, Jim Sheridan. (laughs) Thank you, Jim Sheridan. (laughs) Yeah, no, because I was, I used to actually walk past people who were homeless in the street and go, my God, that that I'm a paycheck away. Yeah, it's a hard thing to decide for That's yourself. That's it. And I was, at the time I was directing a play that was due to go on in February and I'd paid January's rent and I didn't have February's rent. So it was like, 
you you just put in your faith and belief that something will come. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, yeah. So no, it's it's and it is that's it's one of the toughest parts of of working as an actor because mm-hmm. on the one hand you've got to balance having the time to to well, be creative, to be creative, mm-hmm. to work on yourself and develop your your skills in between jobs, mm-hmm. but also have the energy left over from when you do a, a survival job to actually still have the energy to be creative. Yeah. Do you know? So it's a bit of a catch-22. It's a hard one. Yeah. It's hard. And I'm always really interested to see what people are doing on the side. Some mm. people like to do web design. But some people are, you know, maybe doing radio or something. You know, yeah. it just... It's... I started doing, um, I started doing temping. Mm-hmm. I, I worked for a great company, Adeco. Yeah. Uh, one of the girls in my course in the factory had recommended them. And... Again, temping receptionist work is really good for actors because actors have good presentation skills and they can yeah. be welcoming. And, yeah. and you can uh, pretend you like someone when you don't. <laughs> exactly. That's your motivation. Yeah, your like, motivation is your motivation rent. Here? I really yeah. care. I want to kill her. But, you know, like, I need this job. Yeah. <laughs> and in fairness, most temping agencies are aware that, you know, if you know an, if you know a week in advance that you have an audition, say, on a Wednesday morning, then they will factor that into the work that they give you. Yeah. And the only thing about it is, is that they're, again, they're, because the temporary nature, there's, there's no guarantees that you will that get, work. get work. After. What else have I done? I've done some painting for friends. Nice. Yeah, I, I did some uh, making circuit boards for a friend's dad. Wow. Yeah, I can make circuit boards. Jesus. Yeah, uh, it took me ages to make the first ones, but then I got, I got quite quite dabber <laughs> at it. Yeah. What else have I done? I did some mystery shopping. Oh, cool. Uh, what was that like? <laughs> Did you talk to people as well? Yes. But so they, you're like, excuse me, I want to bring this back. That's very cool. Yeah. And really good for observing people, you yes. know, and building characters. Yeah. So speaking of characters. Yes. You have an insane amount of credits on IMDb. I just ended up just printing it because it was, <laughs> it's too long for me. But let's jump forward mm-hmm. to 2016 because that was mm-hmm. the the secret scripture yes. with Jim. So what was that like working with Jim Sheridan? Uh, that was amazing. Um, yeah. It started as a workshop type audition. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were about 50 of us in the room the first day and he'd brought in the script and he wanted to, in some cases, run scenes as they were written, but in most cases, improvise them. Right. Uh, and it's funny because beforehand I got asked to come in with a character in mind, mm-hmm. uh, but we never got around to, to looking at that character. And that wasn't the character I ended up playing anyway. So there was there was that workshop. And then that led to, that was just before Christmas in 2015. Mm-hmm. He came back in January and said he wanted to see us again. And so there was a, a smaller group each time being called back. And it was on the four, the fifth day. Uh, he said, oh, yeah, you're you're playing the head nun. So I was like, you're like, score. Yeah. Thank but it was, you, yeah. It's amazing though because not only is he a phenomenal director, yeah, he's a fantastic writer, mm-hmm. uh, and he is also a, he's a brilliant actor. Like he, we were doing a, a scene, and um, he was playing a sixteen-year-old girl in it, and you believed it. Really, yeah. he's, the, he's just he's, yeah. he's yeah, no, he's brilliant, and uh, yeah, and at the time I was directing a play, yeah, so I learned so much. It was like a masterclass just in directing and also in just um yeah that that enhanced my directing skills for for the play I was directing wow. as well what's this process leading up to shooting so um, it's like or on set itself is it yeah. at least saying you're not doing that right or does he give you a note or just like how does that happen um the first scene that I filmed a uh, 
was starting in a steeg. Yeah. And uh, the action was I was being driven into the village and there was a bus coming along and Rini Mara was getting off it to meet Ashling O'Sullivan around. Okay. And I was there to meet two girls who were pregnant and I was bringing them to a mother and baby home and I was not very happy with either of them. Okay. So the first scene was that I, you know, drive up, get out of the car, look around. That that was the, the direction. Okay. So I did it the first time and then Jim came down the hill, the big hill, <laughs> And he sort of puts his arm around me, like around my shoulder, and he's like, "Right, all right, I want you to look around. You're like the mafia. You're like the dawn of this this town oh because you the church controls everything, yeah. and you control the church in this town, okay. bar the priests, because that that was a whole different level mm-hmm. as well. So, so yeah, he 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 was great at giving you a sense of ownership without telling you do this, do that, do whatever. Yeah. So so there was that element, and then the other thing I'll never forget was when we went to film the first scene inside mm-hmm. he disappeared he came back in like 1940s suit what? tie and he says right so we're going to improv a scene now where you know i'm a banker and uh, we're talking about how you're selling babies um you know babies are being adopted for money in the states Whoa. and i had this out of body experience so would i yeah. i'll be back in a second one yeah. <laughs> but you know yourself when you're on set and there's like what 20 30 40 people you in the can't room. yeah you're and too. and i was there sort of going uh right just go with this that's all you can do is go with it and I suppose that's what he does he creates a space to allow you to go with things so it's like it's a what if is one of my favorite phrases in life and in acting it's like what if you know anything can happen after if you know I love it Um, so yeah so that was amazing amazing. yeah Yeah, that sounds like so much fun Mm. and then you went uh, I know you did a couple of other things but then I suppose uh, Red Rock was you know that's a big thing yeah yeah no that was lovely Um, I was cast I was called in by um, Karen Scully Mm -hmm. and Louise Kylie Caston to audition and initially it was just for a doctor in a scene in the hospital and so went in got the part was delighted Uh, and then a few months later, uh, Karen contacted my agent, Frontline, and uh, she was like, would Geraldine be available to come in again? And this time they had created a name for me. So in fairness to her, she had, um, you know, when a doctor came around again, she had said, well, this girl was in, uh, she played a doctor. Do you want to have a look at what she did? Are you happy with that? And the yeah. director of that, because with Red Rock, I think it's cycles of six or eight yeah. that the director changes. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so each director has to be happy with what character. So she created a recurring character for me. And oh, I've that been was in so there nice three times, her. yeah. And it was funny because the next audition I had with her for something else, I was saying, oh, oh yeah, I'm back in Red Rock and they've even given me a name. And she goes, yeah, I made that up. I was oh, like, brilliant. Thank you, Karen. You thank legend. Thank you, Karen. Yeah. You absolute legend. And then we go on to writing home. Yes. Ah, and how did you get cast in this, Geraldine? Well, there happens to be a casting genius called Lynn Larkin who recommended <laughs> me. No, and I auditioned, so it wasn't a... And actually, that's one thing I would say. Even when it is word of mouth, yeah. you cannot take it as read that you've got the part. No, I never, never do don't. that. No, um, Because other people have to be happy with it. Like exactly. all the directors, there were three directors on this. Yeah. So everybody had to be happy. Yeah, uh, and... So, but you have to go and you, have to, you sort of have to fight for it. It's like, this is what I will bring. This My part of the jigsaw is going to have this much energy and yeah. uh, this is what I'm going to bring. So I had the funniest audition with uh, Naha, Miriam and Alexon. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, it was, it was just this were... mental flurry of activity. I had to be making an apple tart and I came out of it going, I'm not quite sure what happened there, but I like their energy, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, and then luckily I got I, I got cast in it, and uh, that was just lovely because um, the part was nice. Again, like I know I joke about oh, I'm always being cast as the mom, mm-hmm, or, yeah. but that said, there's like it's it's as as characters go, mothers generally have a lot of depth to them. They have different mothering skills. They do, uh, yeah. and there's yeah, there's a real relationship there mm-hmm. when you're cast as a mom. Uh, and yeah, no, it was brilliant. Uh, we had great fun filming up in Carlingford. Yeah. Um, everybody as an actor wants to work. Yeah. Uh, and that's ticking that box. And different sets have different energies on them. Mm-hmm. And so you, everybody is generally really delighted. Some people, if they get nervous on set, they don't go always show their best. Or, yeah. um, but it's a really big job for a director. And usually it starts with the director and the producers because they are your first line of contact mm-hmm. um, to create an environment where people can take risks and can enjoy themselves, but work hard, but, yeah. you know, bring bring their best game. Mm-hmm. And I have to say with Writing Home, it's up there with like, I'd say three or four of my favorite projects where they're, you sort of create a family on every project that you yeah. work on. Some family members you don't want to see again. <laughs> Like, but with that enough. one, like when we went to the FLA, it was really exciting to see the film on the FLA. But to me, it was more exciting to meet up with everybody in the cast and, and have crew and just have there. crack with them. Yeah, yeah. They're, um, they're, they're a nice bunch. Yeah. I have to say, I definitely had a soft spot for everybody involved in yeah. that. Um, and then we move on to an amazing, an amazing project. The, like Zoo. Oh, yes. Zoo. Yeah. So um, what was that like and how did you get cast in that? That was a bit mental because... Um, I was going to go to Toronto Film Festival mm-hmm. uh, for the world premiere of, of uh, Secret Scripture. Yeah. And the reason I was going was first of all, it was the world premiere, but I also, my nephew lived there and I've, and my godmother lives there yeah. and lots of cousins. And I was also supposed to go meet uh, an agent. Mm-hmm. Now the agent lived in Vancouver, but he was going to be in Toronto over the festival. So this was the plan. And then through Frontline, I got asked to audition for Zoo and uh, they wanted availability. And I was like, well, I am available for some of the dates, but I have limited availability. And it's nearly, do you know what? You're nearly guaranteed as soon as you say you've limited availability, that's the job you're going to get. That's you know, it happened tip. with Red Rock. It yeah. happened with Zoo. It's happened with loads of things. Maybe uh, you should just say, I'm very busy. She has limited availability. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, and yeah, maybe it is. It's 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 part of uh, that whole thing of it's yeah. easier to get a job when you're in a job. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I was due to go to Canada for two weeks, but um, I auditioned for Zoo mm-hmm. and I, I ended up getting cast in it, which meant I could go to Canada, but only for six days. So it was mental. So I filmed oh the God. first day was a Monday in in Belfast, uh-huh. came back down to Dublin, flew out on Tuesday evening, arrived in Canada, I think on the Wednesday, stayed there until the following Monday night, flew back to Dublin, travelled to Belfast to film on the Wednesday and Thursday of the following week. Wow. So on the one hand, it's, it's an actor's dream because it's like, you you know, you're going to, that's all brilliant stuff yeah. to do for your career. Amazing. But a wee bit mental in time zones. But um, but yeah, Zoo, it's a beautiful film. It is, uh, it's based on a true story or inspired by a true story, uh-huh. uh, which is a bit of a legend in Belfast. And it's basically going back to World War Two. Uh, the... Minister for Defence uh, issued an order that all of the dangerous animals in Belfast Zoo were to be killed. Uh, and this is because during the Blitz, they um, they thought that if animals escaped, they could attack people. Mm. And so it was like a very grim, really grim 
thing yeah. to do. Uh, so, but during that time, there was a baby elephant in Belfast and the, the elephant was so scared of the bombs because um, Belfast would have been yeah. attacked by the Germans. And um, so they would have had bomb shelters and the likes. But the this lady who worked in the zoo made it her business to sneak this baby elephant home every night to her back garden in like a two up, two down. Stop and it. stay with him all night so he wouldn't be scared and then <gasps> sneak him back into the zoo the next morning. Uh, which is just mental. And like, how would you not notice an a elephant, elephant. In, in somebody's yeah. back garden? So the, the story has been changed slightly in that um, uh, in the film version, yeah. she has help from four children. Mm-hmm. Uh, some fantastic uh, actors in it. Uh, Art Pilkington is in it mm-hmm. um, from Game of Thrones. My children are Ian and James, whose names I can't remember, but Ian was in Moonboy. Yeah, He's Moonboy's friend. In yeah, it. I played their their yeah, mom. Yeah, your kids' mom, and uh, then Amy Huberman is in it as and well. And Amy Huberman is yeah. in it, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's so oh my God. it's it's phenomenal. It's beautiful. It, you know, one way I describe it, it's a bit like ET. If you were to superimpose an elephant in the place of ET, it's that kind of yeah. heartwarming. Feel it'll good. make you laugh. It'll make cry. you cry. Uh, it'll make you it just even. Uh, I got mistaken for an extra. Uh, how dare they? <laughs> I'm always doing it. Don't mistake me for an extra. <laughs> no, I'm always, I'm always finding myself in the wrong queue and they'll go oh, like, who sent you? You know, which way? And I'm like, well, no, I have some dialogue. And they're like, oh, we are so sorry. You're supposed to be here. You know? And I'm like, no, well, you know, treat people nice regardless of whatever position yes, you have in the film. Yes, of course. Yeah. But, um, but with that one, um, we the, the, the base that we were in this film, uh, the, the street was set up like the 1940s. Mm. Old cars, fires, hundreds of people running down in 1940s uh, gear. There was a, a, a bride who was running through the streets in a bridal dress. It was amazing to look wow. amazing to look at. And um, yeah, just and I, I couldn't just sit in in the green room. I, I had to be sitting on the stairs watching. Yeah. And one of the ladies sort of she, she didn't realise I was in the film and it was my first time on that particular set. Yeah. Um, so she was like, oh, they need you outside now. And I was like, all right, do I need the boys? And she was like, no, no, no they, they, they just need you outside. And as I was coming up to the door, one of the other first ladies was like, no, she's an actor. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, don't worry. I, I obviously, fine. I, I didn't have my diva with me today. Everything. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll bring my diva the next time. Yeah, yeah. I've got to remember to pack my diva. <laughs> um, but no, no, um, Amy Huberman was great and it's really friendly. Uh, a lovely part. Um, the hoobs. The hoobs. That's what we call yeah. her. The hoobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she's so good at playing very likable characters. Yeah. You know, she's really... She has that likable yeah, thing, definitely. though, doesn't she? Yeah. She's, yeah, she's cool. Yeah. yeah. I play. I did a film with her brother as well, Mark. <laughs> oh, Mark. Uh, yeah. 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 I, love, I love Mark. Years ago, years and years and years, years ago, I don't even want to say how long ago, but he was in um, a short film that I was an extra in. Where I was like running to be a zombie, and he yeah. was like, "Yeah, he's really nice, isn't yeah. he?" Zombies are cool too, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Zombies are well. brilliant. Yeah. I love zombies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've done like an insane amount of work. Um, the other thing, quite recently, that you wanted to mention was um the one with Fix Me, oh, yeah. uh, with Tom uh, Moran. Yeah. So the whole thing about like uh, moving online and there's more work now online and, yeah. the, you know, creating your own stuff. So Tom created this. Well, Tom created it. And I should say that Tom and I and another guy, Stephen Tighe, were all in Frontline. Yeah. And so the screen directing 
that I've done has been through Stephen and mm-hmm. um, through Norm through Frontline and a uh, but with Fix Me, I was just acting. Tom yeah. had written and um, was starring in this uh, web series. And I was really curious, going back to um, what you're saying about creating your own work. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a fantastic course at Filmbase Ran with uh, Gunnar and uh, uh, Lauren yeah. uh, from the, the LA Comedy, Comedy yeah. Actor Studio. Studio. And they were like, guys, you need to be producing your own content. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Fix Me was amazing. We did it. Um, Tom's younger brother... Uh, ben was DOP on it. Yeah. Uh, a family affair. Tom was everything else. We were using <laughs> the, his mum's therapy rooms. Um, so I played a therapist. It's Tom's first time in therapy. It's funny, but there's heart to it as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah. But again, that, that was amazing because we spent, what, maybe three days? No, it's would say five meeting up, going through scripts, trying to refine them. Uh, and then five days filming. And that was it. We had a web series, mm. you know, so now it's more accessible than ever mm. to create your own content and do it to a fairly high. Yeah. High and standard. just to get out there and to show people what you're able to do rather yeah. than just waiting on the phone to ring all the time. Exactly. Because it just doesn't happen that way. Exactly. Um, I always end on this one last note, right? And I always ask everybody the same thing. But what has been the one piece and best piece of information or um, advice that you've ever gotten from somebody? Um, I'd say there's two. Can I say two? Yes, you can say two. In life and yeah. I think in work, um, be kind to people you don't know where they're coming from. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's just a good life lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one is actually when I was uh, in between each round of auditions for the Secret Scripture. Yeah. My younger brother uh, gave me really good advice. Uh, because I was there and I was like, hey, oh my God, I've got this audition and it's what for Jim Sheridan and he's, a, he's such a big deal and what if, what if I got it? And uh, and he was actually, he sort of stopped me in my tracks and he said, uh, Jirling, you're an actor. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, you give up law to act. And I was like, oh, yeah. He goes, are you any good? I was like, ah. He goes, are you any good? I was like, ah. He goes, are you any good at acting? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And he goes, Look, you've got to, uh, it, he, was, he was trying to give me an example and we had this fireside mat that had a camel on it, right? Right. And he was like, so you have, you've changed careers to do this mad career called acting. If you don't believe in yourself, then forget it. Yeah. Uh, but he was going, if you are, you call yourself an actor now. And if you go into a room and they want you to be a camel and he pointed down, there's this wee abstract camel on the floor, right. on, the, on the carpet. He goes... Be the blank camel. <laughs> so be the camel. And it was basically get yourself in the zone and believe. And that do you it. Can, believe you can do this. If you're going in, if you've given yeah. up, you're making all kinds of sacrifices in your life, financial sacrifices um, yeah. to to do this mad job, then you've got to be your number one cheerleader and you have to believe that you can do it. Because if you don't, then you're not going to, an audience isn't going to believe it. So it is... Uh, and coming right back to the idea of you know shy man's revenge and, and whatever if if it's your passion if it's something that you feel so driven to do mm-hmm. then you've got to give yourself the kudos to say I am an actor and I will do my best in this role um, and if you can marry that against and I might be right for it yeah. or not but uh, yeah be the camel that's be my the camel. parting advice <laughs> thank you so much Geraldine McAlinden thank you so much for You're coming welcome. into the thank actors you. room really me. enjoyed it it was so informative and, and I love the room oh thank this you this is amazing 
Thanks. Yeah. We made Stephen do it. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs>